Hi, y'all, and welcome to the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. And that's nutritionist with an S, since there's two of us. We're your hosts, Stephanie and Mandy. We all know that nutrition and fitness information can be overwhelming and confusing. So we're here to help women find real answers for all things fitness and nutrition related by giving you quick tips and strategies so you can find your healthy weight, get fit, and improve your physical and mental health. And as registered dietitians, we know how nutrition and exercise can help you feel better and allow you to live your healthiest and happiest life. So be sure and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the episodes full of great tips and helpful information we have just for you. You can also join us in our private Facebook group, The Fitness Nutritionist Corner, where we will provide fun challenges, answer your questions, and support women along their journey to a better health. So grab a glass of water and let's get moving with today's topic. Hi, y'all, and welcome back for another episode of the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. This is episode number 10, and this is the first week in December. And for this month, we're actually going to do a three-part mini-series. So today, we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting. Then the next episode, we're going to talk about keto diet. And then the last week of the month, we're going to talk about goal setting and helping you get ready for 2022. So let's go ahead and start today's topic off about intermittent fasting. So many diets focus on what to eat. However, with intermittent fasting, it's all about when you eat, or so that's what we're told. But you'll realize as we talk today that what you eat is just as important as when you eat. But before we start, we want to make sure that you consult with your physician and also with your registered dietitian if you decide to go with an intermittent fasting lifestyle. Yeah. So let's just give a little bit of background on what intermittent fasting is. So it's been studied for over 25 years. And one of the neuroscientists who is credited for a lot of this study is Matson. So with intermittent fasting, there are some benefits to it, which we'll talk about today. And then there are also some concerns. So we just want to lay out for you what the research and the scientific studies show, and then you'll be able to draw your own conclusion. But we kind of want to walk you through some of the things that you need to consider to decide if intermittent fasting would be for you or if it's something that you should pass on. Right. So Typically, extra calories, less activity can increase our risk for obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and other illnesses. So scientific studies are showing that IF may help reverse some of these trends. So the concept of IF is after hours without food, our body exhausts its sugar stores and then starts to burn fat. This is called metabolic switching. Yeah. So a typical normal eating pattern for most people who eat throughout their waking hours is typically three meals and then some snacks in between. And then most Americans don't participate in regular exercise either. Then every time they eat, they are either running on those calories and not burning their fat stores as they're keeping a constant supply coming in. So there are several different types of intermittent fasting. 
And we'll talk about those. So Mandy, go ahead and tell us some of the approaches to it and how that works. Right. So one of the most common one is 16-8. So you're eating for eight hours a day and then fasting for 16 hours. Other people choose to eat for six hours and then fast for 18 hours. Another one that I read about was the 5-2 approach. You eat regularly for five days a week. And then the other two days, you limit yourself to five to 600 calories for one meal. One of the examples it gave me was you only eat Monday and Tuesday that one meal. However, another research that Stephanie read, you don't do two consecutive days, you do alternating days. So longer periods without food, such as 24, 36, 48, 72 hour fasting periods are not necessarily better and they actually may be dangerous. So going too long without food might actually encourage your body to start storing more fat in response to starvation and suppressing your metabolism. Yeah. So if you do decide to try intermittent fasting, just realize that it can take up to two to four weeks before your body becomes accustomed to IF and you may feel hungry or hangry or cranky during this time. That's kind of your body's natural response to not having glucose or immediate energy available for you. And I think this is probably the hardest part for most people is that transition period of that two to four weeks. A lot of people want that immediate results or that immediate effect. And if they don't start seeing it, they kind of fall off the boat. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Stephanie? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not being hungry is not fine. Your body really wasn't designed to be hungry and it can, you know, it can affect your mood and things like that. So that's one reason that IF is not for everybody. Another thing is that a lot of people think, as we touched on earlier, that um, IF is all about just when you're eating. They kind of forget that, you know, if you're restricting your intake for, say, 18 hours, that you can kind of eat whatever you want because, oh, I'm only eating um, for six hours a day. So they kind of think that they can eat however much or whatever types of foods that they want to eat. And the bottom line is it's still calories in calories out. So, you know, you have to keep in mind that the quantity of the food that you're eating and the quality of the food that you're eating still plays a very, very vital role here. Yeah. That's really important as we're going into the Christmas holidays, you know, as we Spoke about a few weeks ago that your typical Thanksgiving meal can be up to 4,000 calories. So it's probably going to be approximately the same thing as that Christmas meal. So the quality of that food still matters. So what are some of the things that we can eat that we can drink when we're following that IF uh, lifestyle? Things such as black coffee, water, zero calorie beverages, Again, like you said, we want to eat normally, not going crazy. We don't want to supersize a meal. We don't want to be eating those junk foods, such as processed foods. We want to be choosing those foods wisely. Again, I kind of encourage the Mediterranean diet. That's something I I do discuss a lot of times with my clients and my patients. Overall, 
It helped with inflammation. We're eating the rainbow again. Again, it also goes back to portion sizes. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the benefits of IF. And these have been in a combination shown between animal and human studies. But IF has been shown to be able to boost memory. Although initially, sometimes you can feel like you're having brain fog or confusion Mm -hmm. when you initially start doing fasting. But overall, some studies have shown that it can boost memory and improved blood pressure has been found in some people, fat loss, while also maintaining muscle mass, which is something that um, is critical when you are in a calorie deficit, because often when you are trying to lose weight and you are restricting calories, you're typically going to lose some muscle with it. But some IF studies have shown that it actually helps retain muscle mass more than just a straight up calorie restriction. And some studies have shown that it can help prevent obesity. So although these are some of the benefits of IF, Mandy, let's also talk about that IF is not safe for everyone. And there are definite people who should not participate in IF, or if they do decide to, as we said at the beginning, definitely need to talk with their physician first, and they need to be working in conjunction with a registered dietitian nutritionist. Exactly. So children under 18, and part of the reason children under 18 do not need to be participating in IF, their brains are still growing, their bones are still developing, there's too many things going on that they really need those vital nutrients to continue to promote um, the growth that they need. Women who are pregnant, again, their fetuses are growing and they need those vital nutrients. Women who are breastfeeding, um, if you're trying to conceive or you've had fertility issues in the past, women who have a history of amenorrhea, people with diabetes, or if you have blood sugar issues, those issues could be low blood sugar or they could be high blood sugar. People with a history of an eating disorder, we could obviously see how an IF lifestyle could trigger that eating disorder again for someone. As I was reading some information from the NIH, there were some instances where they reported death. So again, that's why we are saying consult your physician, consult a registered dietitian. There's also some evidence that it may not be beneficial for some women as men Um, Again, it goes back to, it can result in increasing blood sugar. They also suggest there may be separate guidelines for women versus men. Mm -hmm. It may disrupt reproductive hormones. Again, it may result in amenorrhea. Long-term weight loss effects on women remain to be seen. So again, there is conflicting information on this topic. However, as we discussed earlier, there has been study on this topic for over the last 25 years. So there can be benefits for some people, but this is not a cookie cutter diet plan for everybody. Yeah. So what I always teach my clients, and we talk about this a lot in my Refine and Renewed program is... If you're looking at intermittent fasting in order to just lose weight, and it's not something that you plan on following for a lifetime, 
in that regard, it would just be considered a fad diet again, because it's something that you want to go on um, to lose weight. So a lot of times I've seen women will go on it, they'll lose 15 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever, but then they'll go right back off of it because they've reached their goal, they've Mm -hmm. lost the weight, and then they stop. And then they go back to what they were doing. So they put the weight back on. So if you're using it in a sense to where you're starting it to lose weight, and then you're going to stop it when you have lost your weight, reached your goal, then that does make it a quote fad diet. It's something that you're just using temporarily. I do not recommend this for women because at the end of the day, the diet that is best for you is one that you can maintain and one that you can sustain for the rest of your life. Otherwise, it's just yet another diet that you'll try and another diet that you'll stop. So the big factor in knowing if this is something that you should try and you get help cleared by your physician is, are you in it for the long haul? Or you have to think too, you know, if this is what you're going to try to do, a lot of times women are not successful with this because it can infringe on the social aspect of eating. And we've talked about that on previous episodes that yes, we do eat for nourishment, but eating is also a social thing. So if that's something, you know, if it's going to prevent you from say eating dinner with your family, or you are someone who exercises first thing in the morning, and you realize that by skipping breakfast, which is what a lot of the intermittent fasting calls for, and you're not going to get as good of a workout because you don't have that energy available to do a more intense workout, then is that really serving you in the long run? Is that really helping you reach what your ultimate goal is? And I'm glad you talked about the exercise, the component of weight loss or maintaining a healthy weight throughout our, our lifetime is also that exercise component. We can always eat good or eat healthy portion sizes. However, if we don't have that second component to it, which is exercise or staying active, it's kind of like a teeter-totter. That's that's what I will tell my clients. You know, we may have one side really good, but the other side is going up. We need to have that balance, Mm -hmm. eating well and exercise. Yes, which is another thing that I stress. So like in my Refined and Renewed program where I work with women, it's heavy on the nutrition and the exercise. I don't do one without the other right. because then you're just kind of solving half of that problem. Um, the other thing that I always stress for women who are considering intermittent fasting is, and this goes more to the mindset and the mentality And then just the behavior around this type of diet or way of eating, when I say diet, is that you can often feel restricted because you go, so, you know, say your fasting time is, you know, you can't eat after 6 p.m. That often makes you want to eat at that point in time. So it's kind of that, that mental game there that, you know, it's like, a child, you know, you tell them that they can't touch something and all of a sudden they want to touch it because you told them that they can't. So if you know you're fixing to enter your fasting window, knowing that you quote can't eat for the next 16 hours or whichever method that you're following can often lead you to feeling deprived and just not allowing you. Because what if during that point in time your your workout was harder that day or 
you know, things happen, our calorie needs fluctuate. And then what if your body is telling you that you're hungry, but yet you're not allowing yourself to eat because all of a sudden you have entered your fasting window. So that's just another thing that I do encourage women to ensure that they are mentally also prepared and able to handle knowing that there are then restrictions on when they can, quote, can and cannot eat. I'm glad you touched on the middle aspect of that, because like you said, if you, if you pick a time and you stick to that, it can become very mentally challenging, but you also have to evaluate your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. If you're a busy family and you have activities after school and you may not even get home sometimes till eight o'clock, well, obviously you can't pick six o'clock as your last time to eat. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to reevaluate that and maybe not even start eating until noon that day, just so you can eat up until right. eight o'clock. Right. There's a lot of things to consider when evaluating if if this lifestyle is even appropriate for you. Yes. So I hope that you found this helpful. We've tried our best to present the research and show that there have been things that have shown that it can be helpful for certain women, certain men, but then there's also all these factors that before you choose to start that type of eating style that you do take these things into consideration to determine if it would best fit into your lifestyle. I hope you found today's episode helpful. As always, if you could take just a minute to rate and review our podcast, that gives us some feedback. And um, again, if you have any suggestions for any future episodes, we would love it if you would leave a comment for us. And then we hope you join us in two weeks where we will be talking about the keto diet and carbohydrates and what does the research show on that and what are some things you should consider if you are considering starting the keto diet maybe in January of 2022. So hope to see you then. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you gained a little more info to help you along your journey to your best life. We would love it if you would take just a minute to write this podcast and share it with your family and friends. And as always, let us know if you have anything you would like us to talk about on any future episodes. And don't forget, go to the Fitness Nutritionist Corner, our private Facebook group, where we'll have those fun challenges. We'll answer your questions and support women along their journey to a better health. You can also contact us on our website at thefitnessnutritionist.com. And that's nutritionist with an S. And just remember, ladies, you are worth it.